Welcome to the Chirpin' Birds podcast. The Eagles are in uh, Miami, or playing Miami, and I assume that's where they practice the warm down there. Um, <laughs> their Eagles are in Miami to uh, for their second week of joint practices. We uh, The last time we recorded was before the Browns joint practices. Um, so we'll, we'll get into the, the Browns overall, the two practices in the preseason game. Uh, they finished their first pre, uh, joint practice against Miami today. And uh, at the end, we'll go through our unofficial first draft. Well, I guess it's the official first draft, unofficial 53-man roster um, picks uh, at present. And uh, yeah, so we got a stacked uh, episode here before we get started. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing well. We do have a lot to go over, um, but also like, and football season is very near. Um, we're now, I think within, we're in under two weeks. So I want to say today's Wednesday the 24th. Maybe I'm wrong there. You know, I'm thinking like once, yeah. I think I'm off a week, but you know, the first game's the 11th. Yeah, I think, but from Thursday, the first game of the season's Thursday. Uh, yeah, so yeah. we're 15 days away from the beginning of the NFL season. And that is exciting. Very, very. All right. So, so let's get into it. The, the Eagles uh, had a couple of joint practices against the Browns before as, as all NFL teams are doing now um, before their second preseason game. Uh, the overall um, consensus from that, I, I think it, it was pretty tight for, for most of it. The, the Eagles had uh, the edge at, at a number of positions. Um, they, they seem to have come out of those practices uh, looking a, a little better than than the Browns, um, the the offense had a, a few good days. Um, so o- overall, I think that the outlook of those two practices were were positive. And then, of course, the uh, the game, which uh, I'll admit I, I missed, uh, you know, ninety five percent of, um, uh, you know, had had a number of highlights, a number of uh, exciting plays for guys that are might are vying to make the team and some guys that are uh will make the team and and are young so uh overall i think the the week last week was a positive for the eagles um the the browns obviously will be without uh, deshaun watson for 11 games so their their outlook on the year is is not so great and um you know, they, they had a bit of a down, down year last year. Um, so not, not the, the, I, not, not the best team to, as a measuring stick week, but a, a team that's sort of, uh, on, on the up. Um, so it, it, it was good to see that they, um, you know, were a formidable team. The Eagles were formidable against, against the Browns, um, where, they were to play in the regular season you know you, you would expect the the eagles with their roster to, to beat the browns so um yeah i think it was overall positive what what were your thoughts on the practices yeah i gotta say i feel like you're underselling uh the the week they had in cleveland based off of everything i was reading and consuming like 
I really seem like the Eagles um, handedly, like in quotations, won both uh, the two joint practices, and ultimately they they won the preseason game, even though that matters the least. Um, good caveats to make here were that the uh, the Browns were down uh, their top two cornerbacks, so and obviously very talented cornerbacks uh, between. I think it was Denzel Ward missed both practices and their um, the name the name is escaping me now, but their second year cornerback uh, also very good, very talented. But um, Hertz, people were saying that he he was having some of the, his best performances of all, like the whole training camp there, which you know is really good. You know, he, he gets to see the Eagles defense um, for weeks now. And then in the first time seeing uh, an extended um, defense, not the Eagles, you know, he, he did have that first series against the Jets and he, he was perfect there. But his first look uh, against the defense he's not familiar with, he seemed to handle it, um, you know, he passed with flying colors. Like, like I said, that's just, you know, from reading the coverage. But, um, you know, the receiver is also having a lot of success, and albeit against um, guys that are a bit further down on the Browns depth chart. But seeing Devontae Smith just kind of, uh, you know, make barbecue chicken of uh, their DBs, same with A.J. Brown, it's kind of like a, you know, a consistent, you know, AJ Brown dominates. It's it's not even news anymore. Like he he's really the real deal. Um, and you know Dallas Goddard too. So I was happy to see the playmakers for the offense make plays and you know help out Jalen Hurts. And then I would say besides that, um, some down the roster guys for the Eagles started to flash like uh, Teron Jackson, their depth edge. Uh, he was he was making a good amount of plays. Same with uh, Marlon, Tui Pelotu, and Patrick Johnson. Uh, those, you know, really the trio getting into the backfield a good amount for guys that the team will not be expecting to see like a heavy amount of snaps, but certainly guys that they'll be relying on more than their rookie years. So nice little leaps you like to see. Um, yeah, I think I think you're underselling their week in Cleveland just a little bit. Yeah, Hurts uh, had a number of uh, deep completions. Um, yeah, I, I I agree. I, I am. I, I it's probably uh, an element of today's uh, practice yeah. with the Dolphins, which which we'll get into. Prisoner of the moment. Yeah. So uh, it it happens to all of us. So. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, the, the defense, the defense definitely looked good. Um, I saw their Josh Sweat, uh, quote unquote, had a sack on uh, Deshaun Watson. Um, uh, there were a few of those tweets floating around. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, I, I think you, you covered most of it. Um, the, the offense seemed to have come together as they, have uh, been, you know, good some some practices and and not as good others. I I wouldn't say that 
from what I've what I've been hearing um, since the the previous week of training camp into these two joint practices that the the offense has never looked bad necessarily, but they've looked uninspired at times uh, with you know check downs and completions. Uh, Jalen Hurts hasn't been turning the ball over, um, but when they look good, they look really good, and I think that that uh, showed against the Browns with um, a number of highlight uh, type, uh, you know, Twitter videos of, of AJ Brown's snatching the ball out of a corner's hands and Moss and Creedy uh, Williams. Yep. Um, A few other notes just from the two days. I should mention that Miles Sanders has been out with a hamstring injury um, for quite a while now. He's going to say he's, he's passed a week and a half absence at the moment um so that's concerning there hasn't been any sort of um concern expressed at least from like any team sources or what beat reporters are able to kind of uh glean so i think the ultimate expectation is that he's still on track to be ready for week one similar to hargrave and kelsey but i kind of earmark those three guys as you know the closer and closer we get to the season without seeing them return to the field or kind of get any sort of team update um you know those are guys that will they're kind of their injuries are looming a bit more than these other day-to-day ones that you know a guy might be out but he'll be he'll be back in a, a day or two um on the good news uh on the injury front with good news grant calcaterra is back he returned for the second joint practice um and he he's he's, uh he's now back in full and he's kind of getting back in the rhythm that he established earlier in training camp which is good to see as a rookie who was flashing and ultimately a guy that i think will take that second tight end spot you know even though he, he and stole are a bit different as far as Duty stole more of the blocker, Calcaterra more of a guy who can move around and uh, rely on to get open. Yeah, I think those uh, role, roles, you know, obviously complement each other in a backup tight end unit. Um, it, it is interesting, like we mentioned before, the, the Zach Ertz not being on the team anymore and Dallas Goddard being a, a clear number one, um, and then a, a major drop-off after that as far as, you know, offensive productivity goes. But um, it, it's good to see Calcaterra back out there, um, given his history with, uh, I believe it was concussions or injuries. Yeah, concussions. Um, and uh, so, so that was good. And uh, I think Miles Sanders' things probably um, – you know, concerning, not not necessarily surprising, um, given his injury history, but um, it, it it would be, you know, nice if he had more reps in in preseason and training camp uh, going into the season. But hopefully, he's um, just sort of nursing some minor, you know, soft tissue stuff and. Mm-hmm. Uh, can can come back i i don't 
I don't really know what the outlook is on, on him. It seems kind of, um, you know, there's no timetable at least for, for him to come back. Um, yeah, two other uh, things worth noting from me on the second day of joint practices. Uh, Kayvon Wallace had a really nice bounce back performance, and he's a guy that certainly needed that uh, to kind of get back in, inside the roster bubble. I would say he's been trending in the wrong direction there for uh, the first couple weeks of training camp. Uh, so he really had a nice between that second joint practice and the second uh, preseason game, I think he certainly had a, um, a nice stretch to kind of get him back in consideration. And then the only other thing um, I wanted to mention was Miles Garrett was out for the first practice, but he returned for the second and uh, he was able to go up against Jordan Mailata, which was something that a lot of uh, Eagles fans were interested in. And according to Jordan, he split the reps and he went one-on-one, but, uh, you know, it's nice to see him go up against, you know, uh, a person who many fans and I'm sure evaluators and execs would consider like a top, if not the best pass rusher in the league and handle him. And even after the, the practice, um, Mylotta being the student of the game that he is, you know, he's, he's what, in like his fourth or fifth year of football of any level. So he, he was just, um, you know, taking notes, getting pointers from Garrett, which is, you know, nice to see that not only can he do it on the field, but he's also looking to take all the knowledge that he can absorb. Yeah, he, he was a great uh, my guy pick for you last year, and yeah. he's he's turning into, uh, you know, you have Jason Peters for a decade or plus, and and now Jordan Mailata. So yeah, uh, he's, he, gotten, he's, he's gotten very lucky with their line of secession. Yeah, for sure. Um, I one one note from the five uh, percent of the game I did. Uh, actually catch um the uh, wide receiver Dion kane who's uh been you know mentioned leading up to the game as uh flashing at, at times i mm-hmm. uh, had a couple uh nice catches for you know pretty much was the 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 main target on uh the drive that i uh caught um and and he looked he looked really good and uh I think that that's like a nice piece to have, uh, whether it's practice squad or uh, making the 53, we'll, we'll discuss later what, which, mm-hmm. which it, we think it'll be, but um, it, it was cool to find a, a guy sort of, you, you know, you have no expectations for that's, that's flashing and having a good camp. And uh, you obviously want to have more of those guys in camp. It, than, than not and uh so i i think he's he's an exciting uh addition to um the 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 receiver group yeah and prior years who, who knows he could have been uh you know he could have been the travis fulgham then, of 2022 oh travis fulgham's out of the league now so well you know travis fulgham he had uh 
what was it, 20, 2020 was it? I just met yeah. you now. He would have been afforded the opportunity that he deserved. Yeah, well, he's, he's definitely earning a, earning a spot here. And, um, you know, today, we'll, we'll get into later. Today was, or yet, sorry, yesterday, uh, Tuesday was the next round of cuts. And um, uh, so, so we'll get into that. But uh, he's obviously still, still in the squad here. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, looking forward to seeing what he can do against the Dolphins this weekend and then um, continue to do and join practices. But, you know, there's always sort of the darlings of, of camp, and he seems to be one of them. Agree. Um, I kind of <clears throat> let me run you down the notes that I uh, took for the game that they played on Sunday, last Sunday. Uh, so I really thought the uh, the Eagles backup offensive line was like stellar. Um, it was very clear their first two drives of the game both ended in touchdowns. Um, both kind of handed the keys respectively to their um, their second and third running back. So the first drive went to Boston Scott, um, the second drive going to Kenny Gainwell, and that offensive line of Dillard, uh, Anderson, Jurgens, Opeta, and Driscoll, like they just took care of business. And you really, I mean, not that it, needs to be said because it's you know everybody knows at this point but like the eagles offensive line depth is just continues to be filthy and we'll we'll talk about when we get to the 53 but like there's going to be offensive linemen who i hope that they can find trade partners with because there's going to be guys who they can't put on the 53 man who will get claimed or should get claimed and it's just a testament of uh, their scouting department, Jeff Stoutland, Howie Roseman, um, you know, top to bottom, it's something that they really value. And it's it's very clear, and it was very clear against the Browns, like just mauling guys. Uh, the, the big highlight was on the first uh, snap, first offensive snap of the game for the Eagles on a Boston Scott run. Uh, Cam Jurgens, just, you know, first one, first big guy downfield, just pancakes. Uh, I want to say it was Lavert Hill, former Eagle, just going sideways. Uh, it's just really fun watching him get uh, get an open space and just small guys. Um, and I'll, I'll mention Andre Dillard. He 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 was also um, very impressive. Um, you know, he he is technically a backup offensive lineman, but he's got you know he's a starter going up against second teamers. And, you know, he was performing as such. Um, so, yeah, offensive line looked great. Um, on the other side of the ball, the defensive line, and they didn't do much. They didn't really get to the quarterback, which was, like, kind of disappointing. But, you know, that that is the backups. Um, Jordan Davis did play. He had kind of a quiet game. Um, same with Milton Williams. Ideally, it would have been nice to see them make plays, but they they kind of were quiet, and that was a bit of a bummer. But you know, it's it is coming on the the tail ends of two very competitive practices, which were more important. So, like you know, you kind of take what you can get from these games as far as highlights and 
impressive plays to to remark on. Um, so yeah, the, there there wasn't really much interest, or I shouldn't say much interest. There were there weren't many interesting takeaways on the defensive side of the ball, in my in my opinion. Um, and you know, give the Browns credit; they also have a very very good, talented, deep offensive line. So it's not like they were like playing bad. It was just they weren't able to break through. Um, you mentioned Deion Kane. Uh, he has quietly had a very nice summer for a guy who's pretty far down uh, in the depth chart for the wide receivers room, which is suddenly very deep, which I know is news to Eagles fans of the past, what, five seasons at this point. It's a nice surprise. Feels at least like it should be at least 10. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Josh Job. Uh, he was one of the starting cornerbacks. He made a few good plays. It feels like he's solidly locked into a roster spot. So good for him as an undrafted player out of Alabama. And then I would say the last thing worth noting, which I think is most people's like takeaway from the game was the Reed Sinet bomb to Devin Allen. Uh, very nice throw, very nice catch. The best part of the play was the touchdown celebration, which was Devin Allen doing his hurdles. Uh, so very fun. Um, and, you know, it's it's nice. Reed Sinet, uh against the Jets. He didn't really do much, but this is certainly something that he can at least put on his highlight reel or take to Howie Roseman and say, give me a roster spot, which I think he has a fair argument for. And aside from that, there were... You know, the Eagles left the game without any notable injuries. Um, Josiah Scott was down for a bit, but I don't think that amounted to anything at this point. So ultimately, that's what you hope to get out of this game, which is um, snaps and reps and to leave the game with no injuries. So I'd say overall, Cleveland, both in joint practices and the preseason game were an overwhelming success for the Eagles. Yeah. And uh, so following the game, uh, you know, yesterday was another cut day. Uh, they trimmed the roster down to from 85 to 80 players. Um, they, they put tight end Tyree Jackson and uh, lineman Brett Toth uh, on a reserve slash pup um, freeing up that, that, that frees up spots. Right. Or, the, or they're, they don't count towards the 53s. Yeah, so, yeah. Because they're on a reserve slash pup and they haven't played this preseason, they go um, – they don't count towards the ultimate 53-man roster, but they have to – they have to miss at least four games. But – once you know either one of them is ready and they're activated obviously they they will then occupy one of those roster spots um but for the time being um they don't go towards that right so that that's two of the five and the other three being running back deandre torrey offensive tackle jared williams and cornerback josh blackwell uh were cut Mm -hmm. and uh Bearing the lead until a good 25 minutes into the podcast, 
Uh, the last time we recorded, uh, JJ Ortega Whiteside was shipped off to Seattle in exchange for uh, Ugo or Hugo Amadi uh, as a safety. Uh, we talked about uh, maybe he, he'd contribute a little bit. Maybe he'd uh, make a little noise in, this, in the lackluster safety room we got. But, uh, you know, the, the last episode and this episode now bookend the uh, Amadi era of Eagles uh, <laughs> football, where he has been traded uh, along with um, another uh, uh, asset we'll say goodbye to, a 2024 seventh round pick to Tennessee uh, for Tennessee's 2024 sixth round pick. So they move up uh, one round in that draft and, you know, probably trade a guy they would have cut anyway. So, um, you know, JJ Ortega Whiteside is now building, um, you know, assets of, <laughs> you know, JJ it's turned, now the sh- uh, Amadi into a six round pick. So it's now the shell company formerly known as JJ Ortega Whiteside. Yeah. So that's how he's trying to build a wall of so many transactions to get away from the draft pick. We got a, uh, you know, not next draft, the draft after will be really uh, keyed in on that six round pick. So, yeah. So, mark your calendars in 2024. Day, day, day three, 2024. Day round three. six. We're going to pop a bottle of champagne and we'll pour one out for um, Ugo, Amadi, and JJ Ortega Whiteside. Well, uh, also, you know, knowing Howie Roseman, that that pick's going to get traded at some point or, or that that pick won't stand uh but as and, of and now mark your count pen, pencil it in don't don't uh write it in with, and we should pen. say right now the sixth round has kind of been a good round for how i roseman on the past few drafts with i want to say quez watkins was a six round pick marlon tui Pelotu was a six round pick patrick johnson was a six round pick and Grant Calcaterra was a six-round pick. And I think also Kyron Johnson. But I, Wasn't Jason Kelsey? Like yeah, I mean, way back when. I'm just talking recent picks. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe maybe Howie Roseman's calling around the league That's saying, a sweet spot. Anybody, anybody want to hand That's me a six-round pick? That's market inefficiency round. The Eagles' six-round pick is like the – it's the new Sixers' second-round pick. Yeah, can't have enough second round picks. We're stockpiling them, <laughs> of course. So, um, so yeah, that those are the transactions uh, going, moving, moving forward into uh, the first joint practice with the Dolphins today. Uh, as in the Nick Sirianni era, it was definitely the uh, you know worst practice of uh, of the era. Uh, the Eagles defense gets burnt by the Dolphins offense uh Dolphins offense moved the ball pretty easily all all day um Eagles offense again uh not necessarily bad but a lot of check downs a lot of uh you know an uneventful offensive momentum um you know no no one looks special I think that's the uh, reality of where Jalen Hurts is at at the moment, he's grown a lot. He's improved a lot. He's continuing to, um, but un- until he consistently proves it, um, he 
won't be, uh, you know, viewed in my opinion as a reliable, uh, guy against a, a good team. Um, you know, the, the dolphins secondary is, uh, pretty good. Um, these, uh, they, they, they have a solid defensive line. Um, Jalen hurts has performed well against inferior teams, but against teams that are uh, equal or better, he's not had a good track record against. This is a, you know, the first joint practice of, of two and then a preseason game in which he probably won't play or, you know, uh, so, so there's only so much to take away from it, but I, I think from uh, Jalen hurts as a future quarterback of the Eagles. I think that he needs to this year perform well against better teams, um, especially with the weapons he has now and uh, the team overall with the better defense of last year should put him in a position to, to be able to pull one out. Um, you could point to the chargers game last year, a couple uh, of these close games, but uh, you know, they, they really did get into the playoffs because of their uh, week schedule. So I think that today's practice was uh, representative of where Jalen hurts might be at uh, right now, but uh, I, I don't think it's so concerning that the season is, is done or, or anything like that. They're going to be the same as last year. Their schedule is just as weak, if not weaker than, it, it was last year. So there's always a shot at uh, a playoff spot, but I, I do think that um, it, it is a little disappointing. We'll see how tomorrow goes, but that, that Jalen hurts has not been able to consistently be productive um, against teams that, that are, you know, solid to, to better teams than, than the Eagles are. Yeah, I don't. I don't think uh, any of those are unfair points. Um, it's obviously a bummer. Like the the reports from today were overall pretty disappointing. But it is it is worth mentioning just a, a few. Um, and like these are going to sound like excuses for the team, but it's really just trying to like set the stage of. The Eagles were in Cleveland. They had to travel back home, and then they had to go to Miami. So they they were um, doing a good bit of travel compared to the Dolphins, who I forget who they had their first round of joint practices with, but they basically got to stay in Miami. So they're not really moving around. The uh, the Eagles are going to a um, going to a, a climate that they haven't really been used to like it is you know it is still hot in philly but it's hotter in miami it's more humid so i think that was that was even kind of a uh a, a like there's um some chippiness and there was a fight at one point and even uh one of the i want to say it was yeah i forget his name Chris, christian uh watkins maybe he even pointed to, to the heat as kind of like that's what was getting to people um so, you know, that, that, and those aren't like, I don't think that those should explain any large part of the performance, but I do think it's a contributing factor of uh, the extra travel going to somewhere um, 
that's a bit more hot at this point in training camp. And also like generally I feel like things have been very positive lately. So like, you know, there's a bad practice. I, I think you could also take that as like the Eagles got a new look today from a team who is probably probably better based off of early reports than a lot of people had marked them down. Like I didn't I was kind of surprised to hear that the Dolphins were so uh dominating today. But um you know just because um you know they didn't play well I think it's still a learning experience as far as the team getting new looks and trying to adjust to new schemes so um but yeah I agree it's it sounded like everything that could have gone well didn't go well today and I'm hoping that it's a mix of circumstances and also kind of um lessons that the team can learn and adjust to before these games start to count. Yeah, I think you know, it's it's all about adjustments and Nick Sirianni and the coaching staff were able to adjust uh, maybe a little later than we would have liked last season. But, uh, you know, they, they have a season under their belt. They have a stronger roster and all that. So um, hopefully tomorrow they they come back and um, compete a little better. And, uh, you know, there, there were specific concerning things outside of Jalen hurts. Like there was one, one play that, that was circling around circulating around Twitter, uh, where, uh, Tyreek Hill burned, uh, Darius Slay. Darius Slay came up limping. Um, you know, obviously Darius Slay's what 30, 31 years old, um, had a stellar season last year. But, uh, you know, reporters, people, you know, commentators say that sometimes uh, secondary guys fall, fall off a cliff and um, at, at some point, and hopefully this is not the season, but uh, it is, you know, concerning to, to have a hamstring uh, issue, um, assuming that's, that's uh, what it was. Um, he, he did later return, but uh, seemed a little, you know, affected by it after. So um, you never want to see someone get, um, you know, banged up, uh, especially the soft tissue stuff that kind of lingers uh, before mm-hmm. the season starts. But, uh, you know, that's that's a concern that, that we talked about before, even when they signed James Bradbury, is, who hasn't been, you know, participating in practice also, by the way. Um, that if one of those two guys goes down, then, um, you know, they, they don't really have a a third guy that, that can really uh, step in there on the outside, um, that, that you feel confidence in, you know, you have Zach McPherson in his second year, you have Josh Job possibly, uh, might, might have a little something, but, um, it, it always seems like there's, um, you know, one, one position group that, that's just banged up and, and you never really see, uh, I go back to, um, Malik Jackson, uh, his first year as a Eagle where he broke his foot week one and, and you never mm. saw the defensive line. You were so excited for the whole right. season. Um, so I'm, I'm not, you know, this, I'm not, I'm not trying to go, uh, doom and gloom with Darius Slay limping after one play, but, um, 
you know, he, he's on the older side. Bradbury's been in the league for a while. So that's uh, from a depth perspective. I think those, those two guys are the most uh, concerned I am with, with injuries um, and, and I guess safety as well. But Marcus Epps is still a pretty young Anthony Harris is, you know, older, but uh, you know, you don't have to analyze every, every player for, for, injury potential, but, uh, that, that's a specific area that, that I'm a little nervous about. And it sort of, uh, you know, flared up with, with that highlight video that was, that was going around today. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Um, he's out there tomorrow, but even if he's not, you hope it's just kind of, um, something of the limited nature or just would require maybe a day off or two. But yeah, you, you, you certainly can't afford to lose uh, Slay. He's one of a handful of guys that there's no true replacement for. Um, so yeah, on the other side of, uh, you know, Hurts in the offense pretty much being like contained and bottled up, um, Tua and the Dolphins offense was uh, pretty much the opposite. Uh, Tua had a lot of success at all the levels of the field. He, he was kind of, uh, you know, he looked really good. He was the better Alabama uh, quarterback, um, which I would say most people coming in this season have higher expectations of Hertz rather than Tua, but, you know, it looked like the day was won by Tua, and you just kind of tip your cap to him and hope that the defense can come back tomorrow with a vengeance and, know kind of turn the tides but yeah the day was certainly won by the dolphins um that's not to say that a few eagles didn't have good days themselves uh, like hassan reddick he had multiple sacks on the day um you certainly like to see that he's getting to the quarterback um you know that's what he's paid for um today they really saw or he really flashed his speed and getting by guys which you know he's just that's, that's what he's paid to do. You got to hope that the Eagles give him all the opportunities. Uh, he can go out there and fulfill them. Uh, Grant Calcaterra, I mentioned it earlier. He's really getting back into the rhythm of things, which you like to see. He was out for a good bit there with the hamstring, which, you know, can linger. So I'm glad to see that he's back and he's getting back in sync. Um, Landon Dickerson notably got in uh, the fight of the day. I saw at one point Derek Barnett was getting a little buzz with uh, the opposing offensive line, but I don't know if that ever, if that constituted as a fight or if it was just some chirping back and forth, but, you know, not surprising. Um, the Landon Dickerson uh, fight, it was between him and Jalen Phillips. Um, I think Dickerson got the best of Phillips and took him to the ground, like at or near the whistle, like it was all fair play. Uh, but apparently Phillips took offense of it after the play and gave him like a big old uh, shove after the play. And Dickerson went to the ground and, you know, it was, it was over pretty quick. I think my was, um, you know, going over there and trying to protect him, but um, yeah. I, skirmishes like that are is kind of fun because you're like, man, a guy knocking over Landon Dickerson. But as it was described, it sounds like it was kind of like 
a sucker uh, pushover. So I don't think I don't. I can't imagine guy uh, many many players would want to pick a fight with Landon Dickerson, but he, he must have really had a good uh, good snap against him to get that type of reaction. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah I don't know if you were caught up with uh, Hard Knocks, but uh, uh, last night uh, Dan Campbell was addressing the Lions before uh, uh, it was either a joint practice. I think it was a joint practice, and he was like, "In no, no fights, if you fight, you're you're out of here, and mm-hmm. your evaluation's over." So uh, uh-huh. it was it was funny to to watch that last night and then see the Eagles fight. At, it is interesting. I think um, that also goes, shows how um, more competitive the, the Dolphins were and um, uh, how strong, you know, stronger they are than, than the Browns. So, um, you know, the, the Eagles, rightfully so, I feel like they have a lot to prove this year and have a lot of potential. And, um, and you know, that boils over in the southern heat and uh uh you know those kind of things so you know you don't want to see your guys uh get in a fight and risk injury but uh that's football sometimes so um any anything else on the practice today um i just have one last note here the uh had a good day he hasn't had many of them this training camp but uh you know when the backups were going at it he had a good day. He was finding uh, Zach Pascal a lot. Those two seem to have a good connection. And that's probably the best thing you could say about the Eagles offense for the day. So yeah, overall, uh, kind of a gloomy, not gloomy, but, you know, and otherwise uh, not, not too many things to come away feeling too good about, but you take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, you can see how they come back tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow in, in the game. Um, but yeah, all right. I think it's time for our first uh, crack at the 53-man roster. Uh, we'll go uh, position group by position group. I've added my uh, 53 up, and it is indeed 53. So we're good on that front. Um, much, much improved and professional from uh from last year so all righty all right let's count to 53 all right starting with the quarterbacks um this starts off easy but i think it could be an area that we see a lot of you know it's one decision ultimately if they keep three or not but i have them keeping three um you know jalen hurts probably the easiest guy to write in, Gardner Minshew. And then I have Reed Sinet. Do you have Reed Sinet? I have two quarterbacks, Hertz and Minshew. Okay. So our first, our first I don't discrepancy. Know how, Let's uh, hear your reasoning. Well, as far as like actives and actives practice squad goes, like Reed Sinet's probably going to go through waivers anyways. Um, so he'll, he'll still be around and, and can be there on game days and as an inactive, I believe, which is, uh, you know, what they, that was the case all last year. 
Um, I, I think that he's valuable for sure, especially with the way Hertz um, runs. And, uh, you know, he missed a couple games here or there, which uh, Minshew's been in trade uh, rumors or thoughts that he would be a piece to trade for something. Um, I, I do think that Minshew is much more reliable and in, in a in a spot where you know you have to put him in for a few games. I think if it's a you know longer term injury, if you know if that happens, the season's pretty much uh, not going to go too well anyway. But I think Minshew gives you the best chance to win as the backup there and. Uh, I do think that they have a few young guys um, in different spots later in my 53 that they could use that spot for um, to, to give a little juice to other, other areas. Um, so I think Reed Sinet, good chance to clear waivers and still be with the, with the team in, in some capacity. Yeah, I think there's certainly a chance he can get through waivers. I think it's ultimately going to be if the Eagles can stomach that or not, like if they have him, if they have identified him as the guy that they'd like to uh, develop as, you know, not even like a long-term piece, but a guy that they'd want to have on their roster next year. Um, and we know that Minshew, he's on the last year of his deal. So I think if they have Sinet marked as a guy that would be a cheap backup next year for whether it's Hertz or, drafted quarterback or a veteran quarterback like if, I, I think it would be as like a you know a short to medium term project that also counts as like a cost saving measure and I think you know he's the Eagles claimed him so they, the Eagles claimed him last season enough so I, like it shows that they like him enough to at least carry him for some portion of the season but yeah it's, it's certainly, um, you know, it's, it's not a lock by any means, but right now I have him on. All right. So running backs, I have three, and that is Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, and Kenny Canewell. We are uh, of one mind. Got it. Um, when I first did this about a week ago, I had Huntley on here. Um, yeah primarily for special teams abilities, but recently it just seems like he's kind of, he hasn't really made any uh, big push or statement plays. I think they could probably get him onto the practice squad and elevate him for game day for um, return duties. So I have him off at the moment. Yep. Wide receivers, I have five. And that is AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, Zach Pascal, and Jalen Rager. How about you? I have six. Okay. Who uh, is the, the, extra? the five are the same. The six is Britton Covey. Um, between him and um, Deion Kane. Deion Kane, thank you. Uh, Britton Covey has the special teams option where uh, Kane is in my in my mind and what i've read mainly just a wide receiver um so he he gets the edge there um 
I, I think it would he would be an exciting piece to develop as as the future kick punt returner, whatever it may be. Um, and and he just needs to to develop because you know the, we've seen the highlights, uh, college highlights from him, and he's flashed at times, though inconsistent. I, I think that he would be an exciting piece to, to keep and uh i'd i'd be curious if if he does make the team how how they use him in the return game yeah i, th- I think he he could certainly be a weapon that this team needs um but based off of you know kind of taking taking all of camp and preseason so far he really hasn't done anything too noteworthy in my mind I know he certainly has the um, the highlights that he's put together in college, but I think at the next level, you know, that's not to say that he can't be that guy at the NFL, but he is a bit older. Um, I think he's 25. That makes me think that, you know, teams around the league, maybe they think that he just doesn't have it for the next level, or he's not a guy that is worth keeping on your initial 53. And maybe the Eagles kind of take that chance and see if they can slip him through. He's certainly on the bubble, though. He was one of my last guys out. Yeah. And I, 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 just a quick note on Deion Kane. He's not on my list here, obviously, but I think if the Eagles do trade Jalen Rager and they don't keep Britton Covey, I really like him as the last wide receiver, barring um, you know that spot being available via a trade because he's got he's got good size Sirianni likes him from the Colts um he's had a really good camp like I'd he's certainly done more as a wide receiver than Covey and you know Jalen Rager's had a good season I I still think um preseason yeah preseason um and I'm I'm hoping that'll drive his trade value up because I think I think both parties would benefit from a trade, especially him. All right. All right. Moving on to the tight ends. I have three. I think you do too. Uh, should be pretty easy. Dallas Goddard, Jack Stoll, Grant Calcaterra. Let's move on. Let's move on. All right. Offensive line. I have nine. Uh, so the five starters, obviously, Mylotta Dickerson, Kelsey, Sayamalu, Lay Johnson, and then the four backups. Jack Driscoll, Cam Jorgens, Sua Opeta, and Andre Dillard. I think those are the easy nine. Some people may have extras beyond that. Do you have any? Nope. Same. All right. Got it. I think um, guys worth noting. There's a, you know, there's a few, and like I think this is an area where like they could try to do some of that roster chicanery like they did last. Um, Last preseason with cutting Rick Lovato, he doesn't go through waivers since he's a veteran. Obviously, they have a deal where, like, you're coming back after we get a roster set and, like, somebody goes to um, the pup list without having their season ended. Uh, because unlike uh, Tyree Jackson or Brett Toth, if you were playing this preseason and you get put on the pup, before rosters, your season's over with. To get on the 53 
with an injury that is long term, you have to pass the initial 53. So um, that's, you know, that's a Lovato thing. So that is something that they could do to sneak an extra offensive lineman on. And I think those guys um, worth consideration would be um, the name is the name is escaping right now. Or even Clark. No, I, I would be surprised with LaRaven Clark, um, Jack Anderson. He's got, um, he's most been playing at guard, but I think he's also, he can play center. Um, Coyote Awashike, he was an undrafted free agent last year. So he's kind of like a, a long-term project that I think they've identified. Um, there's probably a few others, but I, I don't think it would go beyond either of those two. Um, so yeah, certainly a lot of depth and they, they could even trade one of those guys to get something in return, but those nine feel very safe to me. I'd be surprised if one of those nine didn't make it. Yeah. Barring trade, of course. Um, okay. Moving on to the defensive ends here. I have four Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett, and Teron Jackson. Yep. Cool. All right. Moving on to the defensive tackles, I have five. Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, Milton Williams, Jordan Davis, and Marlon Tui Peloto. How about you? I got the same. Okay. Um, and just a guy worth um, noting here, they, they've had a, you know, they've had some down the roster, <laughs> down the roster um, guys who have flashed that aren't in this group that I have. And that includes uh, Marvin Wilson and Kobe Smith. I, it, the reports for Marvin Wilson have been very uh, positive. He was an undrafted free agent with the Browns last year. Coming out of high school, I think he was one of the top recruits in college for his class. So he does have that pedigree. Um, he's another guy that I think if the Eagles can try to find a trade partner for, He's a guy that I think um, he wouldn't make it through waivers, even though I, I don't think you can carry six defensive tackles just because the the math elsewhere starts to get a little wonky. Mm-hmm. All right, we are, uh, we're in a lot of agreement so far. Um, so moving into the next group, which I have as the rushing linebackers, uh, I have three, that is Hassan Reddick, Patrick Johnson, and Chiron Johnson. I have the same. Wow. I think okay. that, so Chiron Johnson, I haven't heard much about in camp, but uh, I read that they like him as a um, special, special teams team. guy as well. So mm-hmm. uh, that versatility earned, earned him the spot there. Uh, so that's why I went with three there. Yeah. And it's also like, not that like you can't do this and it never happens, but Rarely does a a rookie not make the team. I know that happened last year with Jacoby Stevens, but it's just kind of like, especially they traded up for him. So like, it's a guy that I think they're they're higher on than the league. So, and uh, I think uh, when when they traded or when they drafted uh, Kyron Johnson, they uh, the the comp was Hassan Reddick. So. Uh, okay. it's, it's interesting that, you know, he's in that same group. So 
um, could be building for the future as well. I think that it makes a lot of sense for him to be on the 53. I agree. Um, 15 hits tonight for the Phillies. Wow. Uh, And just to note on Patrick Johnson, you know, I I said earlier, he's really kind of came on as of late, especially for a guy who like he played in the first few games of last season, but after probably like week five or six, like, we only saw him on special teams. I think that that'll be a pretty distinct change this season. And I think that comes from the Eagles, uh, you know, having that Reddick role. So, you know, having the backups to fill in for him. So looking forward to seeing what Patrick Johnson and uh, Aaron Johnson can do for this team. This I season. feel like that position went from like the Gennard Avery experiment for like six years to an actual legit, group well for the longest time it was like the the joe osman practice oh, yeah, squad role about him <laughs> <laughs> yeah jordan, jordan my lot is nightmare um okay so now moving on to your regular old linebackers i have five of them and they are tj edwards kaiser white nicobe dean davion taylor and sean bradley how about you I have the same. Uh, we are super chalk. Yep. Um, all right. And so are a lot of uh, B reporters too. Yeah. Um, well, I think all of like kind of the the kind of like coin flips are on the same spots, which yeah, you know, yeah. is those kind of float to the top as camp goes on. Um, but I think cornerback maybe we have some uh, discrepancies here. I have five and they are Darius Slay, James Bradbury, Avante Maddox, obviously the starters, McPherson, first guy off the bench, and the fifth as recent um roster climber Josh Job. I have the exact same. Okay, wow. All I, right, I think it just makes a lot of sense to have add a little depth there. Um so you know you you could say I use Reed Sinnett's spot on Josh Joe, but uh, I, I, I do think that that group needs, needs some, uh, some depth there. And mm-hmm. um, I, I, I would like an Alabama guy, you yeah. know, <laughs> take my chances on him and, yeah. you know, carry Vincent jr. Or, uh, uh, I can't do you even know what schools they went to stop throwing shade LSU. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's good. I guess that's a good school too. But. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's an admirable. They did an admirable job of kind of stockpiling young guys. I'm surprised Mac McCain, Take Allen, and Craig Vincent Jr. haven't done much to kind of like separate from the pack. But ultimately, that's why you do it. You try to get as many uh, bites of the apple as yeah. possible. And you know, the guy that I don't think many people were expecting to kind of make that climb josh job that's you know that's why and, and job wasn't job was on brugler's uh draft board too yeah, like he, he, he wasn't a, an unknown right yeah i think he had uh he had a bout of injuries last season that kind of derailed his season but yeah brugler i believe had him as like a fifth or somewhere in that area some part of day three but not like as a sixth or seventh i don't think so he's, he's certainly got 
um, you know, some degree of, uh, you know, pedigree coming out of school. All right, moving on to safeties. I have five, um, and they are Marcus Epps, Anthony Harris, Andre Sachere, Josiah Scott, and Kayvon Wallace. How about you? I think this is where uh, my professionalism has uh, run its course because I have then I have four next to safety and I didn't update it to add one. So uh, unfortunately, I think I'm at 54. So this is where I will make it truly for um, being Marcus Epps, Anthony Harris, Kayvon Wallace and Andre Sachere. So Josiah Scott, not not on that group. Okay, interesting. And neither of us have Jaquaski Tart. Nope. Um, he's kind of tumbled down into third team snaps. He's. I was I was high on him uh, just because he was a name that I recognized that that they signed uh, out of San Francisco. So uh, unfortunate for him, but uh, they get the the best guys in the end for the job, and you know. He, I haven't heard much about him since he joined the team. Yeah, I also think like uh, you know you don't have Scott making it. I'd feel more confident about Scott than Sachere, and I say that because I know that the Eagles ultimately claimed Sachere during roster cutdown. So Sachere like, had a great play. Uh, I mean, you know, he had a great play uh, in the Cleveland game, uh, stopping a preventing a touchdown, I believe. So. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I mean, don't have that, a good explanation for it. I just think he's. I think Sachere's a lock, total lock. I know, but Josiah Scott has never been cut. He Sachere was cut last season, and I'm not like I like Sachere. I think he's he's a good depth guy. He's got that flexibility, but they like. I feel I mean, like they, they, the... move, they move Scott to safety, and I don't think it was. I don't think it was for like any reason of him not being a good, um, what do you call a uh, slot cornerback? Cause he was the steady backup for Max last year. I think they're moving him back there is because they don't have good safety depth. Yeah. So like, I think so, if they liked Sashray, they would have, it, it, I, I don't know. It, it's certainly, um, you know, I think if re- redoing this, I would probably take off Britton Covey and add Josiah Scott rather than swap Scott and, and Sachere. I, mm-hmm. I think, you know, safety is a position of need for sure. But, um, you know, maybe they don't necessarily need to return guys or they don't need, uh, you know, to, to have flexibility there. Um, yeah. especially if they keep Rager. So um, that, that I guess is just something to keep an eye on. If Rager gets traded, what do they do? Um, Cause I think yeah. you, you would need uh, Covey to return kicks. Uh, Boston Scott, I believe mostly does punts or, or the other way around. Um, <laughs> but I'm sure he can do both. Yeah. Uh, and but, I would also say, I feel better about Scott and Sashray making the roster than Wallace. Yeah. Wallace, I think has had a a good last few practices where he's ascended. Yeah. The body of work hasn't been there, but the recent performance has certainly helped. 
Um, and then special team, obviously, we got the same three, Elliot, Lovato, and whatever punter the they best. choose. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Uh, I, we haven't really heard much. Of, like, I don't think he's really been that active in games. Like, and, you know, that's something that, like, the special teams, like, that'll be something that they take a harder look at once the league-wide punters get cut loose because there's teams that have multiple punters um, so his competition's really against the league since there's no other punter on the team right now. Um, but who who was your 53rd man and who was your 54th? Well, I think because I screwed it up, it's probably <laughs> Josiah Scott. You don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think Dion De- Kane uh, was the, the first guy out um, that I had off. Um, mm-hmm. I would say Kane Sinet and Josiah Scott are probably in that group. Um, but just because of needs, I would say Scott first, um, then Kane, then, then Sinet. Just because okay. I think Sinet's still going to be around. Yeah. I think probably Wallace is probably my 53rd. But like Sinet's certainly close. I think I think I like I think Sinet will ultimately make it just because like how much they do value the position, even if it is ultimately like them being them already thinking about how they can save money on next year's backup. Like and not and not having an immediate impact on the season. Cause I don't you know, they're not gonna have three quarterbacks. The finances and the waiver rules and all that stuff of it all, I'm, I, you know, I understand the surface level uh, for the most part. Like the Rick Lovato thing last year, we weren't gonna say they're gonna, he's not gonna be on the fifty three. So, <laughs> well, I think because they did that, like the the formal predictions will certainly be more creative this year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if you have the free roster spot, it's like fifty. The 53 man roster circumvention. Like, is the NFL going <laughs> to start exposing certain players to waivers to prevent it? The Howie Roseman rule. Yeah. So, all, all exciting stuff. The, the Eagles play the Dolphins this weekend. Uh, we'll, I'll be watching that uh, as we both will now have missed uh, one game each. And uh, <laughs> you plan. Uh, I didn't even volunteer that information. <laughs> You're just out. Yeah, yeah, you did last week or the last episode. Did I? Yeah, you definitely yeah. did. We're, we're honest with our listeners. <laughs> and uh, I think the biggest, you know, the biggest debate uh, is the Sacheray Scott debate uh, at the moment. So we got a, a budding debate here. Now, uh, when is... I know they play uh, this weekend. When is the? Because we, we gotta go on record with our official fifty-three man prediction, and we we can't do it before the Eagles release the official fifty-three man. Well, what you time? Know, what time do they do that? that maybe, that's what I'm wondering. Maybe that's we probably just something rec- we should have figured out before. <laughs> maybe we just record after the on Sunday. Okay. Yeah. How are yeah. we doing? We should just do it before the Eagles do yeah. it. Yes, because uh, the last couple episodes we've, you know, recorded Monday. They come out Tuesday morning. Uh, we we want to, you know, all those listening, uh, 
you know, an hour and five minutes into the podcast, uh, we, we want you, you all to, uh, be able to intake our, our content before the appropriate time. So, yeah. We so, also, we also got to announce the stakes for the roster guys? predictions. Oh, the yeah. roster. Uh, all right. The challenge the competition. Well, we'll, we'll leave that to be desired uh, for the next pod. We'll, we'll be back this weekend uh, post dolphins game. Uh, I guess it's time to go there. So, um, so yeah. Any, any final thoughts? Zero. Zero. All right. For Mike, I'm Ian and thanks for listening.